When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello. How are you all doing today? Good, good. Liking that, liking that a lot. Welcome to another episode of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'll be your host, Stu Whiffim. And over the next hour-ish, we'll be chatting tunes and life stories with a lovely guest. And that lovely guest today is Andy Miller. Andy Miller is in Dodgy. Um, I'm sure you guys um, are very aware of their works. They've... uh, Smash It Records, um, Good Enough, uh, Stand Out for the Summer, uh, if you're thinking of me, there's loads, and uh, and so it was a real pleasure to have Andy come round the Whiffin, my little garden bar, shed type, studio type, it's just a wooden shed that I've tried to make look a bit posh, even though I have zero DIY skills, um, so I've just put lots of pictures on the wall to cover up kind of uh, cracks and, and, and bad bits of um, DIY that I've done. But it works. It serves the purpose. And so far it would appear that it makes the guests feel relaxed, which is the main thing, because then they, they're happy and comfortable to talk about their life and their creative journey um, and, and the places that they grew up in. So um, today's guest is... As I said, he's Andy Miller from Dodgy and a very, very interesting life. And uh, I won't say too much, but there's a part in this where he talks about the opportunity to play uh, on the the bill when Oasis played Nebworth, you know, those iconic shows and what what their decision was and what the alternative was, should they have chose that. And uh, it's... It's incredible. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say too much more because uh, I'll spoil the podcast. Um, so before we start the episode, just a quick shout out to the Distraction Pieces Network, um, to all the other podcasters on that, Susie, Gage, Jim Smallman, Jason Reed, Scroobius Pip, Christopher Glasson, and Brett Goldstein. So uh, loads of different podcasts to get on over there. So go and have a little listen. Um, thanks to 76 for producing this. Thanks to Brad Acton and my name is Ad for artwork and video stuff. Um, I think that's it. I think we can get on with a podcast. Um, if you like this, go and have a little look through the previous releases. Uh, you'll find uh, interviews with the likes of Scroobius Pip, Block Party, uh, Jordan Gray, um, Rich Wilson, Destruction, Snowboy, and and there's plenty more to come as well. So uh, thanks for listening, and and please enjoy this episode of Off the Beaten Track podcast with Andy Miller of Dodgy. It's Off the Beaten Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Right, we're recording. We are. Um, as it seems to have been with the last four or five, a sunny afternoon in my back garden again. Um, the weather's just been lush throughout the last two months, but uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you know that anyway. Um, right, 
Welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast and I'm going to get straight on with it and introduce this evening's guest. It's, what, what should I call you? Andy from Dodgy? Andy. Andy? Yeah, Andy Miller. Andy P. Miller is on my Facebook. Um, Let's yeah. go Andy P. Miller, Andy yeah? Andy P. Miller from, from Dodgy. It's a bit of a mouthful, but <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> well, it's not just Dodgy because as we were chatting earlier, there's... there's, there's um, other bits and bobs going on, which I'll, we'll uh, we'll get around to talking yeah. about as well. I we don't know who Dodgy is right now, but uh, you know. <laughs> right, so um, what I will remind you all of is if you want to hear Andy's song selections for this evening's podcast, then there is a Spotify playlist available. So head over there and all the songs that Andy has put in his list this evening are on there. And so as I always do, we start this podcast with track one where I ask Andy what is the song with the greatest intro in my opinion and you know this can other people have got lots of opinions about the greatest intro um, I think um, back to the days in the 70s it was a bit of proggy it was a bit experimental and I think uh, I get down to it it's like it's staying it's, um, um, uh, shine on you crazy diamond it's just the length of it and the build up, um, yeah. the the atmosphere it creates. I mean, and and also for the time of nowadays where the attention span is so short, uh, ten, uh, people tend to um, musicians tend to really cram it in, and they have to cram it into these first ten yeah. seconds to get people in, involved in the tune. Um, for what it like, what it was like in their heads in the seventies. You know, I can only think it's um, coming from the Beatles, coming from the singles. Uh, market and then coming into an album's market, people had a lot more time on their hands, I guess, uh, and they weren't thinking of releasing the individual singles because um, you know you've got to keep the airwaves, the radio waves alive with speech, talk. Something's got to be happening. Yeah, so releasing a song like that and having a, an intro like as long as that before any vocal comes in, it must be like uh, two, three minutes. I think before the drums kick in, it's yeah. four and a half. Well, I was having a little yeah. listen for it though. The track's thirty minutes, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think like before, it's just the just the kind of the, the the real ambient stuff at the beginning and then when the guitar line kicks in it's yeah. lush yeah. and and then i think before the, the the drums kick in and then there's a while before even the, the vocals kicking after it's that whole it's two, uh, two worlds of singles gone yeah. out uh, gone past the radio before this one's even kicked in with the vocals so yeah it's a it's an epic track right it's an epic track yeah it always has been and do you think like if you're a band starting out now I mean, you can sit there and write thirty-minute tracks that 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 you think are are awesome, but it's got to be nigh on impossible to get a record deal, you know, with that mindset nowadays, right? Absolutely, it's impossible to write a thirty-minute song. Yeah, you, you, you're boring them. You're boring people. Um, Why do you think that is? Do you, do you, what they've do you, done there, and uh, yeah, because do you, do you think it is? You've got. Uh, I mean. In, in regards to record labels, I guess they just well, they just want to make some money and they just want some hits. And you know, if you turn up with a thirty-minute track, they're not going to see that. Well, a, it's not going to get played on the radio mm-hmm. generally. And uh, and I guess in the world we live in, where a lot of people maybe absorb their music through Spotify and YouTube and things like that. Yeah, there's so Are much you going to be able to watch that for 30 minutes? No, Are there no, little things down the side saying, we recommend this? You're going to you're gonna have a warning opinion. on it before. Like, yeah. You're going to waste three minutes of your life <laughs> here before you've got to the chorus. So, yeah, no, there's... Uh, there's you know, we're doing that. You can do like four or five minute songs. You've got to think about all the bloody radio edits that you've got to do and bring that and cut that down cut that beast down to a, to a form in a way it works for a single. And, and I always think, um, I'm always having wars with the rest of the bandmates about a radio edits and about bringing, bringing it in like that. Um, you either write it for the intention of it being five minutes and let them wait, yeah. or you write a single that just you've done it already. You know, yeah. It's already pre-packed, it's already done. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you have to go through the process of a real culling of some really good bits in your yeah. songs and bring it down. I mean... You know, sometimes they sound better. Sometimes with the, with the radio edit, but sometimes sometimes it doesn't always work. Uh, but I, I hate conforming to to a standard, you know, like that, to just to get it to get it out there because it promotes a kind of a um, you know attention span of about a second of a, yeah. of a fish, a goldfish, which actually has quite a, a, a longer 
takes about, about four, isn't it? <laughs> about four minutes, I think. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that that it weren't going through Gilmore or Walter's heads about no. radio edits when they wrote mm. this. Do you know what I mean? It was no, it was at a time when mm. I guess bands. Human Rhapsody, even like we yeah. know everybody media, isn't it? And, yeah, uh, but bands get to quickly. you know. They got supported. They got nurtured through albums and albums and albums. To self-indulge. And yeah. I, I was I was yeah. watching um, a thing before you come round this evening on on the iPlayer about um, the history of sort of Scottish pop music. Yeah. And uh, and they were they were talking about Simple Minds, mm. and they were saying like you know when they initially started off as a punk band and then then become uh, you know sort of, I wouldn't say new romantic but electronic, mm. you know very electronic at the, you know at the, in the very early eighties, and then. Don't you forget about me, which catapulted them into stadium filling, you know, mm. kind of almost U two size. Happened on their fifth album. How many bands become oh, now right. would ever become a stadium band on their fifth album? Not at all. It would be an impossibility, yeah, wouldn't impossible. it? It's only really one album deals, or not even. If that, that, yeah, if that, yeah, an EP deal. And if you haven't got X amount single, of Twitter followers, you're out deal. the window. Yeah, we had a six album deal when we signed in. Uh, 91 to A&M, six album deal. But we had periods where you would go, you got to, um, you know, after six months, you'd have a re-signing. You know, that six albums are going to take a good six, seven years to do. So, um, but we have a, a period where um, uh, re-signing periods, they come to you, have a meeting, see how things are going, OK, we'll sign you again for the next, the, the, the deal is still on, you know. So can you, now, we, I've never really sort of gone into this with, with um, any of the, the artists that I've had on... Um, this podcast and you know I don't expect you to talk figures but like when you signed that six album deal like what was going on in your head and what you know what did you think like if this is it we're going to put six albums out with this label what's the reality of it in, in regards to law ear labels and, and and things like that you know do if you haven't shifted x amount by whatever album is it like well hang on a minute like well, is it that brutal it was. It wasn't as brutal for us. We um, they let us just let us get on with it. And our first album, uh, it's probably only sold twelve thousand copies. That's that'll kill you. That'll kill you for this nowadays. They, yeah. they want bigger than that. Actually, probably that probably quite good for nowadays. Yeah, actually, I was thinking the same. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So they they let us let us grow in the studio, find our sound. It took. Um, it took another year and a half for us to find a, a sort of a sound. We phoned around with different um, producers, with Ian Brody, Lightning Seeds. That's right. And, um, and then with Hugh Jones, uh, who's, who's done a, a huge uh, back catalogue of stuff, and going down to Queen, engineering for Queen, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so uh, we, we, we were given the time to, to, then, to, to go ahead and, uh, and, and work it out. And, you know, yeah, re-signing it, re-signing the deal, we... Um, getting an, a, a, an advance again, and yeah, I was thinking it was for the full six out al- yeah. six albums, but um, it, it's uh, it's not not quite like that. Now you do yeah. have to work hard, and yeah. um, but uh, you, you could get dropped just any moment. Uh, you know, there were other bands, label mates like uh, Gun. I think it was they were all, all Scottish cut, band, cut, yeah, cut. cut. Yeah, they're on the edge of being you know dropped here and there, and other other bands that came and go came and went. Uh, in in the label, um, so I see that they're, they're playing again now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Purple Love Balloon was a cracking tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah, love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it takes you back, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's um, it's not too much security. But we had a good manager, and also we had a uh, a drive with the band. Uh, you know, when when before we got signed, we were we'd had our own club. We were running where we could play every two weeks, yeah. and we were putting up all the old lamps, and yeah. we were getting all the people down from uh, Twickenham College, Richmond College, and Kingston College. We'd go and fly at those colleges, and they'd yeah. all come down. It'd be like a twice weekly thing, um, and uh, a fortnightly thing, and then we, you know, so we got a lot of attention from that, and we also had this this movement within us, this drive within us. The the record company didn't have to do too much; they didn't have to work us too too hard yeah. you know they weren't going to mold us as well we didn't want to be molded but uh, so we tried tried our best we had a lot of um you know a lot of push so and that probably helped us in the long run but then eventually uh, the a&m went bankrupt so i think they were throwing too much money at us and, yeah and, you know and then they went back to america um but it was a shame because we wanted to tour america and, yeah and do something like that but that that was the uh that's landscape for that that period of time really so okay so deals. 
So before I move on to your, your next track, um, was there any other considerations that you thought of for, for track one, like the greatest intro? Yeah, well, I mean, again, Pink Floyd ones, but they go, you know, they are quite long opening Pink Floyd um, tunes. I mean, but also you could have uh, Hendrix, some pretty straightforward, uh, you know, Rural Child going on. Um, Crosstown Traffic starts, starts incredible. Yeah, great, straight know. in. Yeah, yeah, straight in. Um, I was thinking about the uh, the atmospherics and the di- difference between you know, a short yeah. tension span. Um, Rides on a storm, that's good. Yeah, Rides on a storm, yeah, exactly. There's plenty of them. Yeah. Could have had a few. I could have, I could have done another ten, ten lists, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> that's good, that's good, though. All right, mate, well, look, for um, track two, I asked you to select um, the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. So, um, as I said on previous podcasts, that's not like necessarily oh god it made me feel really sad or it, you know it could have made yeah, you feel joy have, it could have I made could have you said feel hello Lana Ritchie because <laughs> <laughs> I was about 12 and I was I was holidaying in the Isle of Sheppey and uh yeah I had a little bit of a love affair there and then she lived in Catford and I lived in Norfolk <laughs> never gonna work not a 12 at 8 <laughs> yeah but hello it broke me <laughs> Uh, emotional, not literally. Yeah, I did take that question literally. Fantastic. Yeah. No, that's good because I did say like, you know, there's no point trying to be cool with your song choices on this. And brilliant. Yeah, we've gone straight in with Lana Richie's hello, which I love. <laughs> right. So the actual tune that you you chose, Andy, oh. um, was uh, "Freedom," um, "Freedom," live at Isle of Wight by yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. And so, can you remember how old you was when you heard that? So it was. Was it about pre or about the time I got the guitar? Pre pre guitar, ignited that the want to get the guitar. That actually might have been around the time. Yeah, it's around the time I got the guitar. So I'm 14. Um, my brother bought it home as a swap from one of the guys at work he worked with, and um, I know what I was like. That was just on the play all the time. It was just this. Never heard anything like quite like it, you know. So until that point, what was you listening to? Just like top of the pops. Yeah, well, and... just yeah, there was top of the pops. There was um, that was in my coming out of my Pink Floyd phase, I guess. Um, uh, you know, but I'd be listening to we go into say assembly at school and they'd be playing classical music. My dad would be playing playing classical music, be Blair up below, uh, things like that, and. Uh, but it was a collective. We have our four older sisters as well. So they always had the, the chart run down on when they were getting ready for school. So the radio was always on. Oh, it's a big squad here then. So, um, you know, going on those early years, um, you know, my younger, younger years, years, born in 68. So um, they're all getting ready for school. Radio's on. It's got loads of big record connection, uh, you know, Bowie and... Um, well, my older sister was in the buying all those records, but the other girls were all into the mainstream... You know, um, a shoddy waddy and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we've got up this kind of and and you know what Motown was you know just around the corner, wasn't it? It was just in the previous decade, so that was still being played on the radio. Yeah. So not like that kind of that still lasts. I mean, even today's music from nineties up to, up until today, they're still being played, aren't they? I mean, yeah, so because they do last. So. I, I mean, why, why do you think that is? That that Motown is still as 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 vital. Do you, do you think it is just purely down to just perfectly crafted pop songs? Yeah, I do. I think that. I think that it's just uh, it's quite timeless. Um, the sound qualities obviously have changed. The way recording has changed. You could never. Um, we all try to go back and use the old equipment to capture that, that timeless thing. Yeah. Um, we we don't want to date a stamp on on our records. You know, we don't want to date. Date it to a uh, a style. We don't want to be pigeonholed. We want yeah. to still uh, be 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 accepted in years to come. It's like wearing a black suit. A black yeah. suit is a timeless thing, yeah. you know. Style, not fashion. Style, yeah, that's it. So, um, and uh, yeah, down to that, really. Okay. Um, so, where was you born? Uh, um, Perryvale, West London. Um, grew up in Norfolk. Um, yeah. Good time growing up. Uh, yeah, it was a white, a bit boring round uh, round Norfolk, which is why I went and uh, stopped walking around the streets. We we get on the end of the road, and we go left, we're going to go right. It's bugger all to do. Yeah. So you know, um, I just decided to start staying and got a guitar for Christmas one year, and um, I just started playing that all the time. Bloody thing was shit. It was terrible. Uh, make you could fit your fingers on the between the strings and the fretboard. It was horrible, but. Um, 
I learned I learned the basics, you know. Did you feel basics. a connection with it pretty quickly? Um, yeah, I mean, you get to talking a good two and a half, three years, you get a bit competent then, and then uh, you feel like four years, you know. By about 18, I then auditioned for a band. It was kind of like a pill-type band, John Lydon kind of band, and, um, and it wasn't really my thing. I didn't get into it anyway, and then a couple of years later, I auditioned for... The, the boys and we called ourselves dodgy and joined the band you know that way but so it was only my second audition but um yeah it was a good uh good few years of, of learning the thing so it was boring basically it was boring in north Old. it was nothing to do you know so satellite towns in the greater, greater, greater yeah. london you know i can okay. imagine it's a bit i wouldn't say this area is boring but it does remind me of the west side of london these these rural areas at half on the edge of the city very much like what Norfolk is Norfolk is like. I, I I totally agree with you, and it's 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 really weird. Like the first quite a first few of these these podcasts have, have involved artists from Essex, hmm. and and I was always fascinated to, to to sort of dig into why why it's kind of that there are areas that get overlooked because so many people because it's so close to London. I think so many people that are are starting to indulge their creativity just think i'm gonna to move to london hmm. and uh and, hmm. and 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 sort of move into the hustle of it whereas i do think there's there's really solid pockets of it you know on the yeah. outskirts but yeah. it's it's just it never gets attention because yeah. you know it's, it's it's everyone's attention is on the capital and yeah well that that, that is it yeah it's boring out on the other side but they are the the the, the, the bed uh yeah. to, to grow these Musicians out of sheer boredom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Hear, well, that's the thing. You, you know, the radio you and you hear all this, uh, you know, there's stuff from bands all up and down the country. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, London is a good hotbed of, uh, of musicians. I mean, especially like, you know, Hackney, where I'm living, is uh, they've got artists and musicians and all, etc. Trade creatives there. Um, and it's a great place to be. We didn't have that in North Dole. We tend to get the magnets and to draw you to the people to draw together, you know. But do you think, had you lived somewhere, you know, more more within London at that age, you would have probably been far too distracted going out and having yeah. fun than sitting home for, for three years learning how to play the guitar. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so, yeah. I mean you can you have cities like uh, Liverpool and Manchester, a great um have a great uh, history of great bands coming yeah. out of there. So they they are um you could fit quite a couple of them in in London. You yeah. know, this the island is so big. There's still always still so many things to do. And there were so many venues and bars and that to play in. Um, up there, it's uh, the industrial side, the the, um, the hard upbringing, uh, the boredom again. They're, they're being left behind by uh, the society and governments, etc., etc. Why that? Does does uh, in a sense nurture. Uh, way of sense of breaking free yeah. from it, and um, but it's um, it's not not everyone can do that. So you know, it's, it's very frustrating. I've just been luckily born with something. Yeah. Well, it's actually I think everyone could be nurtured into doing. You know, you can bring out just tr- keep triggering those neurons, keep doing that one thing, keep doing it, keep doing yeah. it, keep doing it, and you get better and better at it. I mean, take a take a child for instance. You know. He, he probably falls down about a hundred thousand times before he actually manages to walk. But yeah. not not in any time when he's doing that did he think to himself, Amazing. "Well, forget it. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. Walking is not for me." Now everyone has, you know, the ability to do something. They really want to try and do something. But you're born out of those boredoms, really. So it kind of awakens it in, inside me. Okay. Well, while we while we're talking about, um, I guess children and 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 and, and where you lived. Um, Track three, I always ask, um, what is the song that reminds you of your, your time at school? <clears throat> what is that song? Uh, what did I put? You put Tears for Fears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Well, that, again, that's, um, I was bringing home some songs. That was and, Mad World, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bringing home some songs, and um, and I had that one, that just repeat, 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 repeat. It's just very different from a lot of the other uh, 80s-style tunes, um, you know, around the time. Oh, I was on to an oddball bloody tune. Um, Kissing the Pink, um, the last film I ever saw. That was a bloody odd one. You know, all on top of the pops and all surrounded by drums and then dun, dun, shun, whatever. Um, and uh, it just, it's very arty, I guess. So just a bit different. Not so bubblegum and, and dressed up and uh, and too, too, 
mainstream. I liked a bit of difference. I was but, already listening to Pink Floyd and shit. That's that's the reason why. So that's what appealed to me. But wasn't it world. great when you'd put Top of the Pops on and you you know bear in mind uh, you know I guess at the the end of the seventies it was fucking Brotherhood of Man Dooley's and all of that yeah. shit. But then you know the the, the chance of seeing Susie and the Banshees or the Specials. Or you know wh- whatever, bow wow wow like yeah, yeah. It, it just screamed at you, didn't it? it because did, it yeah. was uh, you know for for me, just you know a couple of years younger than that than you. I remember like you know just being transfixed. I mean I remember the first time I saw the, the Smiths on top of the pops, and he mm. had the, literally a tree in his back pocket. Just mm. thinking, what's going on? Like this mm. is this is this is weird. And like mm. and I think as a kid. I think a lot of a lot of young people are, are, are drawn to that weirdness to, to to try and sort of figure it out a little bit. Yeah, I think, what was yeah. that about? You know, the, you, you, when you're watching Wet Wet Wet, you know what you're getting. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's just mm. pop gum well, fluff. When, when we were on there, we tried to do something different. You kind of realised then on the other on the other side of it, it's all suddenly really oh, that amp, um, it has no speakers in it. <laughs> so I've got the lead going into it. Actually, there is no lead coming into the guitar, but I'm standing in front of just basically just a bit of two by four. So <laughs> you marshal on it. It was just empty. You played so top of the pops then? Played top of the pops. And so you have so to do something a bit different. You have to, I'm flying my guitar about. We're playing um, Staying Up for the Summer. And at the end of it, instead of doing the solo, I'm just like, throwing the guitar around my neck or something just making it fly like a bird I don't know um, just looking like an idiot so yeah but so, so I can't imagine what the youngsters might have been thinking when I was on the before, TV we will get back to your yeah. your, 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 your track free about school but I just yeah. you know I just want to know like how did it feel to know you was going to be on top of the pops for someone that um, obviously had watched it as a kid yeah and like yeah. and you know was it how much of a big deal was it for it was, you? It was a big deal. It was a big deal. I was very nervous. Um, yeah, I and mean, it, it's like it's so like it's like a day out. It's like a, um, a school day out, and he goes to sort of to, to Elstree Studios. I That's think, right. So, and you're going looking around, you're looking up, and you're looking down around, and you go, "Wow, this is where it all come." It's a bit smaller than what I'd imagined it'd yeah. be, you know. Um, and you're walking around the old the whole area, and you go to the um, East Enders set, you can find that out, and oh, look, that's a big block. It's not actually. Well, you can go and see like the Queen yeah, Vic yeah, and all you that. Can go look around. <laughs> we weren't supposed to. Yeah. We, we managed to sneak out and have a look around the square. Yeah. You know, and see see what what it was like. Um, again, really small. Um, but uh, yes, and then and then we go on and play it. Um, you get a couple of goes, and there's uh, the main the, ma- the main vocal is live, so he gets to sing the main. Oh, was that at the point when yeah. they they bought well, we in when you had to do yeah, the live yeah. vocal? I mean, you can go full full. Um, yeah. You know uh, what do you call it? God, my mind. Uh, yeah, but otherwise you can have an open mic and um, and uh, and sing through it to make it look real. So that's why you know I could just throw my guitar around yeah. and I have to worry about doing. Yeah. We had a couple of takes with it, doing a little dress rehearsal, and you go go for it. And then there was some um, Spice Girls uh, doing one in the next. After right. us, the Spice Girls. Oh, right. So can, can you remember stage. who else was on yeah. there with you then? Spice yeah, Girls. Yeah. So the Spice Girls were there. We were doing our take. They're setting up, ready to go for the next one. <laughs> I mean, and that's surreal, yeah, that right? That is surreal. That is surreal. Well, we didn't realise at the time they were going to be that big yeah. as well. I mean, um, can you remember who else was no on way. with you? No, I cannot. No, no. I mean, yes, it miming. So, but yes, we we decided not to mime with half of it. Yeah, but yeah, so it's kind of surreal. Very surreal. I sit in the green room, and the boys went upstairs to try and get autographs for um, you know, for their cousins, (laughs) etc. Yeah, bollocks! They just wanted Jerry's autograph, right? (laughs) Right in there. (laughs) And one of my mates and I went to. I was just meant to uh, snog uh, Mel B. I don't know how that happened. Lord me. Fantastic. Um, all right, so, so going back to school and, uh, and 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 talking about Tears Fears Mad World, like you know, mm. when when you think about like what 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 sort of you know does that evoke to you? Like what sort of memories does that sort of remind you of? Like was, was this junior school? Yeah, no, this is high school. So um, yeah, I mean, going to school really. Basically, that's all. It, I mean, I only lived about five minutes away from school. Um, I'd come home at uh, lunchtime, have a smoke of a joint. I was 
useless for the rest of the day <laughs> in maths and then the English and whenever I lost all my lost my English uh, folder so I was six months behind the uh, the lesson <laughs> but was, I messed up everything really apart from art and drama so you was creative um, at that point I was creative at that point yeah and it, it really was yeah I mean school was a lark it was a good thing just to stay out of trouble there was fights at the end of school you know we used to call the Bronx e exit you know there's a second exit at the school there was a fights there we were like 10 guys to jump on one I mean I used to get into fights at school uh, but I never went to finish it off because I finished it in it happened but so it was a half rough half good school none yeah. of the last so did you enjoy it though yeah i did enjoy it i really did i really did enjoy the time there uh and we st still have the friends we still you know you know did this school reunion thing a few years good few years ago and uh we were friends on facebook and that i don't, so know, I'm, I don't want to agree with their views but um yeah it's, it, it's that kind of thing yeah it, it's uh it, it, i mean I, I was going to ask you then did you feel a connection to to, to many people in your hometown like well, yeah, this this the mad world thing was very industrious in a way, and and, and well, a bit more lonely in a sense. Of we're growing up, we don't really know like, oh, what the hell is all this about. You know, these the school trying to fit in. Where where you? Oh, it's in the hierarchy. You know, how hard are you? Oh, I'm yeah. about fifth or I'm yeah. sixth or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. then you you had a fight with Michael Fox. Then no, no, sex of sex. Yeah, must have pushed you up a bit. It's crazy, isn't it? It's like <laughs> was it yeah. was it Underworld that called their album second toughest in the infants? <laughs> and like, oh, what a fucking <laughs> great name Brilliant. for an album. Right, so by the time you'd left school, you, you know, was you feeling competent on the guitar and confident? Yeah, yeah, I was. I wasn't uh, ready to only be in a band. It was a few years then after that, and a couple of jobs. We'd all, I'd have a, a couple of mates to go to. We'd, we'd hire a rehearsal room. We'd just go down jam, basically, yeah. and uh, we had no idea how to write, you know, uh, put something together. But I had a few riffs here and there, and so we'd uh, lift some Led Zepp or... Um, Hendrix or something I've tried to do them I can't imagine it was bloody shit but um, it was good you know putting the amp on carrying your amp and your guitar on the 282 bus going to Hayes going the way out to Hayes and loving it off there and then you know etc four pound and was it four pound an hour then it was that was a good price um, <laughs> four pounds an hour we did it two or three hours or like that yeah and then, then came home yeah. but we did a regular thing of doing that with my mates yeah um, and uh, so I always wanted to be in a band from that point, I think, you know. Yeah, I was, I was sort of, had this feeling. Okay. Know. Well, for track four, Andy, I always um, ask the guests um, the first record that I remember buying. Mm. Uh, and you've gone for uh, Small Faces. Yeah, it was a cassette. Um, and that's, uh, are you talking about the album or a track on the album? No, I took the old, the old album. Yeah, I bought the old album. It's a, it's a record you're talking about. It's a record could be a single, mm. it could be an album. Yeah, of course. Um, but I mean, there, there was there's another around that time. You know, it was Queen's Greatest Hits. I bought off my mate. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking officially going to a yeah. shop and yeah. going and then buying. And that was and it was that one. You know, I got the Queen's Greatest Hits, and yeah, what a great album. You know, you show you we will rock you in the air, and I like the guitar thing. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Since they moved on a lot more since then, though. Um, yeah, not guns or gone to fight. So it's just a, a great collection of uh, that style of modern. You know, I was into the Who and that sort of thing. So I mean, it was the a, Beatles. It was in that era. If you like, I guess it was know. their Peppers and their Pet Sounds, yeah, right? It was yeah. a you know, it was all a the bands were trying to do that at the time. Yeah, you know, you know, to to go from Shalalali and 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 Tin Soldier and that. That's yeah. That's an ambitious album, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. From then their earlier stuff, so it's not kind of it's similar to the, the way the Who did their singles thing and then they yeah. went into uh, album type uh, um, anthologies, you know. So that, that was... Uh, you know, that's a good. Uh, I love that album. Just you know, I, I probably haven't played it for a while now, but I used to put it on a little cassette player and walk down to the to the shops to get my brother some sweeps. Yeah. And that. So I was walking down there in the headphones and playing that. And uh, what's his name? Stan Unwin's uh, Alter Language. Yeah. Which we uh, did our best to pick up. You know, and that was all the times when we lived mostly watching Monty Python, Monty Python, you know. Holy Grail was that it would just come out on video and VHS and all that. Um, it was a great era, um, I thought. And so, was it good record shops where you lived? Um, I can't remember. It was at South Harrow Record Shop. I'll call it that. There was there was one, yeah, and there was other you know, it's toy shops around it. To go and nick some tape for a while. It's weird, isn't it? Like back then, like toy shops sold yeah. records, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was literally one just at the end of this road, and it was where I bought a, a lot of my first ever records. Were, mm. were, were it was a toy shop, but it just had like a little sort of section of it that just had a, a load of records and tapes stacked in it. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, going to the record store. I, I mean, do they exist anymore? I would see one about HMV or. Well, they they, they do in, in in town, I guess. Well, they? I, I guess just online nowadays. Don't they? Well, there's still there's still Our a few. Price. And I've I've found a few um, like from speaking to I, mean, I I think a lot of them are kind of more specialists. There's still lots of, sort of yeah. you know sort of soul yeah. stuff and yeah and, and uh, but but I think you know that aside from Rough Trade and you know they're few and far between the little indie yeah. record shops. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's just it? closed down on Church Street, in Church Street. And one just closed down. It's been there for years and years. That's a real shame. Turned to the restaurant or something. But I went into HMV to get something for, for, for one of my daughters a little while ago and I mean don't get me wrong it was it was nice to see vinyl in there again because I'd not seen vinyl in an HMV for maybe 20 years mm. so it, it was it was nice to go and sort of see that but they were also selling sweets and mainly t-shirts um, and what sort of sweets are we talking uh, here uh, Harry Bows oh okay yeah like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get me wrong I love an Harry Bow yeah um, me too. But, uh, Great nights on the Navy boat. <laughs> 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 All right, okay. Well, um, so yeah, I tell you what I want to talk about then. Your, your, your first sort of your first gigs in that. So, you, how did how did you get to sort of meet the the other boys? Because were, were they existing ahead of you in in, in other sort of lineups and such? Um, yeah, uh, they did their their, um, their band called Purple and they come down from Birmingham basically with a couple of mates and they set up in um, Battersea to start off with and they did, um, it wasn't working out because the guitarist didn't want to really go down the route of them playing they were they, a real great uh, taste in good um, back catalogue of tunes that, they, that I'd never heard of before when I when I eventually joined the band um, yeah but they had the band called Purple and they had this uh, bass player just loved the Red Dot Chili Peppers um, he was uh, he was uh, he was Canadian I think he was American anyway um, he uh, he only wanted to play the bass like that and he was very busy da 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 called um, can't remember what was he called what and he was almost playing sort of slap bass yeah he was just he was quite busy but um, you know they so they're working things out basically and um, they they had to get rid you know get rid of the guys um, some of them were harder than others one, the guitarist was a long time mate of theirs uh, Dave Griffiths um, 
you know, and he loved his Paisley guitar and he liked the Smiths and things like that. Um, and uh, it just it just wasn't working. He was holding them back. So they then ended up with just them two, Nigel and Matthew. And uh, they sent out um, an audition in the loot. Um, yeah, I remember loot. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. Different colours with. It's free to advertising loot, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah, I don't know. They got the uh, money from advertising mm. of other things. Um, so anyway, for anyone so, that's got no idea what loot is, it was like a free publication that would generally just be. Did it get delivered to doors? I can't remember. No, it was, you went to pick it up at the shops. Yeah. It was at the shops. It was like just, a, just a newspaper, but it was it was free to advertise whatever you wanted to sell. or Yeah, kind of uh, each, like a fruit refresher. Yeah. Now, a refresher is another sweet. We'll have to explain what that sweet is. <laughs> it, looked, it was the colour of a refresher, though, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, each one, a little kind of yeah. yellow, and one was slightly light blue, and one was slightly light pink, light pink. Each day of the week, <laughs> a different colour. <laughs> you pick it up, and uh, I decided, yeah, it's about time I got into a band, kind of an audition one, and I saw this thing. And they said, you know, looking for a Pete Townsend, a Hendrix, a Jimmy Page. I'm like, hey, go down there, I'll do that. And I, um, so I turn up and I've got a lumberjack shirt on. They've got a lumberjack shirt on, we're kind of getting on that way. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it was lift, so we have a bit of smoke, chill, man, yeah. i got really long hair and a goatee beard. <laughs> and then we go into the studio and I'm, and I'm just let the feedback go. And they're like, oh, wow. Looking at each other, going, me. <laughs> I've heard this story a lot being told, you know, uh, yeah. whilst I've been there. Uh, it's, you know, they, they tell us that probably a little bit differently, but um, yeah, well, so we we got on like straight away, and bang, that that, that was kind of happening. But that, I was their fifth, 50th. I was their fiftieth uh, audition that they'd, oh, they'd really? done. Yeah, they'd, been, they'd had quite a few guitarists coming in and around, and uh, yeah. one guy who looked, yeah, who looked fifty. My age, like now, oh, this year, crikey. Um, he turned up at the door with his guitar. Look, 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 look. Uh, Matthew opened the door. I've come here for the uh, guitar. Well, uh, no, you haven't. They'd had enough. <laughs> so, I don't know what that says if I was the 50th to come along and get and get the job. They maybe were just um, fed up with the guitarists. Yeah. I mean, they are a funny bunch, you know, guitarists, lead guitarists. So. So can you remember the first oh, gig? No. Huh? Can you remember your first gig with them? Yeah, and it was on uh, it was, uh, Chiswick. And uh, oh, I can't remember the bloody place, the name of the place. Something. It was a pub down down the road before. Uh, it came off the 8th floor, 8th floor, uh, roundabout, coming to Chiswick, down that road towards there. And there's a pub, there's a pub on the, on the right, on the left, sorry. And, uh, and yeah, it's an odd one. It was not one. Just to get one out under, uh, out the, you know, under a belt, out of the way, was um, was a good thing, a good experience. Very nerve wracking. But did you we were, did you feel the other two were were more confident because they'd been playing more live? And, I guess and, so. Yeah. Maybe yourself. This was one of my. That was my first gig. Yeah, oh ever, really? You Your know, first ever with, gig with, yeah, with, 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 yeah, with Dodgy? It. Well, okay. So I've done the school ones. I didn't really count as yeah. gigs. You know, school ones uh, back when I was like fourteen, fifteen. Didn't really count them, but this is a professional one in a pub, yeah. blah blah blah, playing like that. And Chiswick, and that was the first one about 1990, 1990. It was the first gig I did. Um, and yeah, they were a bit more confident. They were, they they played a few gigs up in Birmingham and then down in in, in London. So, if you blimey, so you played your first gig in 90, so you, you guys got signed quite quickly then. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. We started a dodgy club in Kingston, and um, eight months later, we got signed. Wow. After that, yeah. So was I that... think it's down to me. Yeah. I came of along. Course. I up the sounds. <laughs> we were going somewhere. We were playing weird beats. <laughs> That's a cool thing yeah. to do, isn't it? You set yeah. your own nightclub up. Yeah. Like yeah. to put your own band on that and That's to. What Stones did back yeah. in the day. They had a regular residency. It's a great and, idea. Um, it gets it gives your bands uh, everyone to to play a regular have a regular gig. Did you have other bands play or just yourself? Uh, occasionally we would have another band play, yeah. It was only a little wine bar, back yeah. wine bar it was. And it was downstairs there. And I believe they still put on bands to this day. It yeah. wasn't ever a gig place yeah. until we started doing the thing now. Yeah. And now it's still still playing playing bands nowadays, yeah. Excellent. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So as we, I guess, looking at your song choice, it's it's just before we hit the 90s. So it's pretty boring, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Oh, I see, sir. We, uh, <laughs> you, you're not the first person to choose this for uh, the, the the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Oh yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not the first person there because it's a great song, isn't it? Yeah, Rudy Ray. Yeah, Rudy Ray. 
<coughs> it is, it just reminds me of the, the that 97, 96, 97 and I'm living in Stoke Newington and I'm above on a 24 hour off licence and I'm next door to the old Shillelagh and Stoke Newington Church Street and um, it's pretty much parties every other day at that place, we bring them back from people back from the pubs, I come back from a gig, it's like 30 people in my house will buy in a way and that one is always on yeah and and that'll be at the clubs as well yeah and, uh, i'm going to go down to the the, the 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 blue or something like that it was in hoxton it's on the corner of hoxton blue night uh, yeah something like that and um they're playing you know uh drum and bass something i've started to hear so i listened to started to like drum and bass and then um just after the um um 808 state as well going to see them and all that kind of all this crappy kind of nights in Brixton Academy meeting yeah. up with friends down there and and <coughs> it was yeah, a big crossover of scene though wasn't it that, like yeah, you know when that yeah. sort of dance music 808 and Jarl <coughs> and that come out you yeah. know and there was guitar music and electronic music was really merging wasn't it yeah. and there was like yeah. the, the, the club scene was representing that as well I yeah. think you know it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's exciting um, times so what, what do you uh, you know as, as someone that was you know, what did you want from clubbing when you went to a club? What what, what was it that you was um, you was looking for? Rhythms. I was always excited about music and uh, and the rhythms. Um, which really get get you going. Uh, uh, simplicity of them. It's just yeah, that beat. Even that beat. Some of the DJs would just be live mixing stuff and they'd be like inventing, live inventing. Yeah. They were um, improvising. Uh, I found that I found that great. They would like slow a track down so you got to the waveforms where you could and yeah. it just turned into another yeah. to a beat. When they put that shit in, that that was a new day. You know, say salt and peppers and what they're doing back in the day. The engineers were turning yeah. things around, turning sounds yeah. around, and squeezing them through this shoe, uh, etc. Out of this tomato and it all made a different sound etc etc now you know that's the kind of thing that, that was happening then yeah it was a uh, rebirth of new technologies it, coming it, 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 it is a creative art form being yeah, a dj yeah. without a shadow of a doubt yeah, you know yeah. and you, you know it's, it's it's amazing what djs do now yeah yeah you know and and hearing no. them within bands then they started being on the side of the stage with bands yeah putting in the beats yeah extra beats and stuff and, and so yeah. i imagine from what you've just said sort of now uh, you know about about your your times clubbing and what you 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 wanted. Did that kind of mainstream clubbing never appeal? Like you know, you kind of your local club where you know well, you have to pop a pair of trousers on, on and on the, on the continent, the European uh, club scene. That 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 was a bit. That wasn't really my scene. That was coming over. It was basically industrial. It started to splinter then, didn't it? Like the splinter of little genres. Um, I don't know what I was after really. It was just you just turn on the radio, see what's on, see what's yeah. happening, and uh, you're inspired of something you hear there when you're dancing away. I mean, and then you're dancing, you're dancing yeah. and dancing and dancing. I recently went to India and did some side side trance, um, and I remember that back in the day. But what's it's, that? It's, it's well, it's psychic trance, psycho, psychic, you know, psychedelic trance, um, and uh, it's similar to the old day trance. Um, but I'm dancing like 12 o'clock, six hours solid. <laughs> I ain't done that for, for 25 years in Goa. I was doing going there. Really great atmosphere. And it's an amazing dance shit going on there. Um, I can't remember his name now. Uh, I'm terrible. My memory is terrible. We were talking about this earlier. My memory is just it's shot. But um, yeah, I'm, that's where I'm at. Okay. I dance to anything. I like any type of music. Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search off the beat and track podcast and you can listen to all the songs because i've put playlists up for each of these if you can't find it on there i'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode so you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks anyway i'll shut up get back to the podcast see you on the other side so um 
if we go for track six, I'm going to ask you what your favourite song is from an artist from your hometown. Ooh. Okay, that's you throw me a um, this time on in there. Um, I from my hometown. So I don't know anyone who's from North Salt who's done a song out in your town. Well, your home county. You, you've your gone for Zeppelin. Okay, yeah, Ze okay. Middlesex. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, county, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've gone to Zeppelin. He, he used to live around the corner. Well, Who did? He used to live in Hendon, which was just around the corner of Hounslow. So when we all moved in together, Dodgy moved in together, he was, we thought, oh, yeah, he's got some royalty that grew up around here. Who like, did? Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Page. Page, wow. Yeah, and, um, uh, it's not Hendon. Hendon's up North London. It's uh, Heston. That's near Hounslow, I think. That's where he grew up, in, in Middlesex. So, yeah, I chose him. Um, and I just chose one, one of my favourite songs, The Ocean, um, uh, for, for, for my choice. Did you um, ever see Zeppelin live? No, I didn't, no. no. Well, only on, like, you know, you see on TV on Live yeah. Aids. Yeah. It was, a bit, it was a bit shit, that was. Yeah. I don't know what the hell was going on there. And Jimmy Page probably hadn't picked up a guitar in ten years. Yeah. Um, and he's got, like, you know, like, he just looks so out of it, you know. Uh, that's a shame, really. It was a real shame to see some, some one of my favourite bands and then to see them dive on uh, on stage uh, in the US side of the Live Aid thing. Yeah. It was just a sad thing. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Jimmy Page, again, that's in my style as well, the way I play. I've learned, I was um, went into a massive phase of Led Zeppelin, so... When I was from 15 to 18, um, brothers got, my brothers just hated it. You know, I was going to stare into heaven about a million times. Oh, I'm going through that solo, picking up that little bit. I'll be, I'll be honest laugh. with you. And like, not people don't get it. Yeah, not I don't get, get Led yeah. Zeppelin. Yeah, I know that. And yeah. like, I, I love I love the mm. Beatles, I love the Stones, I love yeah. Floyd and the Doors and, there's, and Hendrix, but there's just something about. Yeah. It's mainly his vocal, yeah, yeah, that just just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, he's, you know? he's having I've sex got... all the time, and I think that's yeah. why he doesn't want to get back together again because like... he's like a sixty-five, seventy-year-old guy, sounding like he's having an orgasm. No one needs to be seeing that, do they? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think we all know that. So yeah, it's it, it wasn't about the guitar and the drums, the bass, basically. Yeah, um, bass playing, drumming. Incredible. The rhythm section is incredible. Yeah, incredible. I'm, you know, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I don't dislike them. You know, you can tell that, like, you know, that there's a reason that they're one of the biggest bands in history. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. just, oh, it's just that vocal, just it, yeah. it niggles me. It does. Eh? And, uh, but uh, I must be the one in the wrong because no, uh, you're not. There's, you know. no, there's a lot of, like you out there. You know, there are not, not many do get it. So, but that's that's forgivable. So. I was going to ask you about the sort of live scene now, and and uh, you know, and, and, and what your thoughts are on from from, you know. Yeah, you know, I'd like to talk about a few of the gigs that you you played. No, and I lazily went on Wikipedia to look at some stuff about yours. Oh. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about when you played in Sarajevo? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, well, we um we were going to play Nebworth with Oasis, and we know. I mean, years later we thought, oh god, we we should have really played uh, Nebworth. That would have probably put us up a step, and we'd have sold more records. We'd have been, you know, in maybe a different place to where where we are today. But um, no, we decided to go along um an angle just to uh, show a polite, show a caring band, I guess. There's always some sort of cynicism I would give to it why we went there, but I'm glad we did go there because we met some amazing people. Um, okay, this guy called um, Oha, and he was like 16, but he was 14 when this war was going on. He was on the front line and he had a few bullets and some vodka. And he had some weed, um, and he was saying that, and he limited about the bullets, and he's he's trying to defend from the Serbian attack across the street. And I went down the street, and it was just peppered on one side. Oh, he Absolutely. took you down. Now, well, we walked down these these roads, you know. Uh, after this is like um, six weeks after the war's ending in that area in um, in Mostar, we went to Mostar. The bridge, the old Mostar bridge, had been blown out. Um, it had been a six hundred year old bridge. Um, 
in Brunel and uh, but the people were divided really you know there's a lot of Muslim brothers just like fighting each other Serbian brothers and so they were fighting their Muslim friends you know they, they didn't have a it was still a genocidal thing going on really um, it was so we, we right? drove in we drove in our, our, our equipment went a different route um, it had to take by road uh, so it set off a few days before and then we were going to fly into we came into Croatia, and then we're going to take a train. Oh God, it was just <laughs> I got the place. Um, Nigel went to get a coffee. Uh, the train pulled away. He ran, ran, and ran. He's got his passport on the train. No. He missed the train, so we're driving off, going off with me and um, the sound man Noel, and uh, and we're going across the country. Like, right, uh, where the hell are we? And how do we get? Off? When do we get off? And all this stuff. And we've got Nigel's passport, so we had to go and get in with the, the another group with the other band. We're going by via um, bus route. Uh, and he had to they had to smuggle them him in the back of the um, in a boot or something to get him through the borders. <laughs> anyway, our equipment was going another route, and it came through to the Italian Serbian border or something. There was a border there, and um, the Italians said, uh, "Oh, your wheels are bald now. You can't go any further." So that took all the new wheels. It took another two, three days, four days. They were at the border, and they were turning. They were like uh, turning into monkeys. They, you know, they would be they, people, guards with guns and everything. They, they each had their own experience going trying to get to this place. So how are you feeling? Once at this we point? got there, once we got there, yeah, we got a UN uh, uh, convoy to take us through. Don't go off the road because there's mines. Hey, this is like a massive thing. You're scared. Just yes and no. We're not really really sinking in because it didn't have six weeks previous but then we saw some horror stories they uh there's an arts um group that came in and they got kidnapped by uh the local insurgents and everything so so was, there was still a bit of a threat going on but when we got into the towns just just, just felt love you know yeah there was uh people coming out to the streets to see us play uh they'd you know they'd been under war in the civil yeah. war or something you know um they've got a lot of hardship and they were just whoa just so pleased it's just they can come out into the streets. I mean, there were like um, there were snipers in the hills uh, a few months before. You know, then people having to just run to the shops to get some bread and milk. They have to run across the street and get a run up before they came out into the open. And then, boom, 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 you know, they would be trying to shoot them. Sarajevo sunflowers. Sarajevo sunflowers are these um, these the, the marks left by mortar bombs. And it looks like a sunflower in the, in the concrete on the road on the side of the street. So seeing all this, you know, when I could have been at Nebworth. Yeah. You know, I was at the right place. Yeah. I met some really lovely people. It grew me as yeah. a person, you know. That's what it's about, right? It is. It is what it's about. It's sort of we were trying to engage. And, you know, one of the only Western bands that actually go out there and, and play, play some shows, yeah. you know. So, yeah, it, it, we got a lot out of it. Nice people. There's a, a mafia guy up the stairs, you know, and you could see suddenly in the side, in the side in, under his jacket, he had a gun. Anyway, he pissed off, came back with a big bag of grass, put it on the uh, table, and was going to bang, bought us all drinks, bang, like la la la, you know. Wow, great, you know, accepted this into their family. It was really sweet. So That's sweet. amazing. Yeah, but risky as well, so. Yeah. Definitely felt alive out there, right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't have Incredible. got that in there with me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, for your last track, mate, I've asked you to um, okay. uh, pick a song um, that you think a lot of people might never have heard that you'd like them to hear. Probably failed on this one. This is, uh, this is, this is probably, you know, it's an old uh, hotel-like tune, Um what would you say it is? Or rockabilly style, style yeah, kind yeah, of? Yeah, something like that, yeah. It's a bit, yeah. It's a bit jazz, it's, it's a, a bit, bit bluesy. It's a bit 50s, late 50s, early 60s, still a bit of the uh, the, the, the rock and roll going yeah. on there, but it's got slightly going into a bit more of a Motown-y mm -hmm. uh, feel. It's simple. It's just something that I had from a friend recently. Yeah, that's good. I could have chosen so many others there. I could have, you know, a lot... Not me expands. Yeah. <laughs> no one would ever heard of them. Yeah. You know, we got signed and they were good songs, but I didn't want to be self promoting. I just wanted to, you know, do something different. 
you know, yeah, I could I could have chosen some other, other other things. So you know, that's just one of the things. I think someone hasn't heard. It's about it's, one person. Someone. It's not about or everyone. Well, I haven't heard it, it. and okay, I, I listened yeah. to it today, cool. and it's it's it's. I've uh, I've been your fool by yeah. Duke Stevens. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's only about two fifty two minutes forty long, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it's short. I like songs like that. It's great though. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Talking about so so you you, you now live in Hackney mm. and so what's a what's a good day in Hackney now what's what, what's a, what's an average day for you now? Ooh, it's generally going on to the old ship, the pub. <laughs> <laughs> I was in there today. Uh, I had one, you know, before I came up. Um, yeah, uh, what's what's the average day in, in Hackney? Um, I did jog yesterday. It's the first time in a while. So I'll go and um, you got uh, Victoria Park. It's a really lovely, a very big park. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you've got London Fields around the corner. It's kind of there was a London Fields is the kind of the the centre of hipsterdom. You Absolutely. know, it just gets full up and uh, that. Years ago, we did a photo shoot with uh, Dodgy Mark Two, like two thousand and one. You know, the place was just clear and there wasn't. There was a few muggings going on. It was a little bit dangerous. and It's a bit better now as you've got lots more people coming yeah. uh, in a lot more eyes around the, the, the place. Um, it's vibier, but yeah, they do create a mess. Um, there's that. Um, but basically for me, what is it? I get up about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, having gone to bed about 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I'll get myself to have a bit of uh, brekkie. I'll go down to the cafe, have some nice food there. And then... Uh, and then and I'll have a walk. Um, I'll go to Boots. <laughs> uh, and then and then I'll go find myself ending up in the old ship again. Yeah. yeah Good times. Then come back home. And my friend Paul and the band I'm currently with, Paul Orwell, will be uh, texting me and we'll be, you know, filming some playlists together to each other and, mm-hmm. and going through some of the songs we're playing. So... And the reason that you're here today is because um, you, you generally practice at the White Room Studios. That's right. And so yeah, I said I'd give um, yeah. Mark yeah. and his studio, the White Room Home Studios, uh, a nice shout-out. Yeah. Um, the, the studios are in Hornchurch. Hornchurch, that's right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and there's a, a, a wealth of good bands in I've played in some places as well. I've played some music rooms. So that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and so aside from the stuff you're doing with Paul, yeah. um, what is that? has that got a working title or...? Uh, it's Paul... All on the nightfalls at the moment, we're called the nightfalls. Um, uh, there was uh, he's got a record coming out soon, which is the shoots, and he has here the three vocals Kevin Essien. Uh, him and Kenny, Kevin Essien wrote these songs together, and they're called the shoots. So he's bringing that out in the next month or so. Um, and uh, and then he's we're currently working on a thing called Smut with him, and I've then joined the band. And and then he's and then he's come up with another thing called Acid Goth, and there's a great tune on one of his tunes called um, Leather Leather Jacket uh, Time Machine. Brilliant, a great title for a song. And it's it's a stomper, it really is. Go go, go on YouTube, so people, and, and, and you won't and, find and that one. That one, no, Acid Goth stuff but, there. But there'll be loads of Paul well stuff on there. Yeah, you'll find some of the only stuff of Paul stuff. Like, yeah, and uh, and he's 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 a he's a cool looking dude, and he's he's got he's, he's 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 made some cracking music. So go and get a taste for it there, and then uh, obviously uh, stick with it and see what's what's around the corner. Um, and and dodgy. And Dodgy, we are going to be doing a homegrown anniversary. We, we released this in 1995. It's going to be a 25-year anniversary um, in, uh, in 2019. I don't know if that adds up. Um, and uh, in, in, in February next year. So we're doing uh, a good few gigs uh, across the country, Brighton, Newcastle. I can't remember the venues. So we're playing, uh, yeah, we're playing London uh, Shepherd's Bush Empire. Nice. I think that'll be the end of the month, around the thirtieth or the second of March or something like that. Um, and uh, so we're rehearsing for that. Um, Doing any festivals this year? And there'll be an album on. There's an album on the cards for next year as well, around July for Dodgy as well. A new album, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. We had an album uh, last year, year before. Uh, what are we fighting for? 
and we had another one we released in 2012, Stand yeah. Up White and Cool Place. So we've done a couple of albums since we got back together in, in 2008, yeah. So How is it sort of being back together now? You're kind of You're grown-ups now? Yeah, we're grown-ups, you know. <laughs> we also have, you do have a little kind of little niggly bits here and there, but that's only, that's only natural. That's been know? in a band, right? That's been in a band, yeah. Uh, we have such a laugh still. Yeah. We have such a laugh together. Yeah, Um so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, brilliant. Which is good, brilliant. To, good to hang out with the boys. I'm going to be seeing them this weekend and going to the Isle of Wight and playing, not sorry, the Isle of Man on Friday to play a gig with them. Oh, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, should be fun. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, look, Andy, uh, thanks loads for coming, Rand. Brilliant. Like, oh, brilliant. The, the, the dog's signifying the end of the podcast. He's having a bark yeah. up. Um, thanks loads for, for coming over, mate. I've really enjoyed, really, really enjoyed chatting. Um, if people want to follow you and, um, and see what you're up to and be nosy, where can yeah. they find you, mate? Um, well, you can find me on Facebook, um, Facebook uh, Andy Miller, Andy P. Miller, um, or you can find me on Instagram, Andy Miller Roo, Andy with two O's at the end. Um, uh, or you've got the Andy P. Miller art section on Instagram, so you better find me on Instagram or, or Facebook. Yeah, you can do that. It's, uh, well, what we do when we put this out is I'll, I'll tag you in it so okay, great, uh, people yeah. can, can uh, either tell you that they love your songs or uh, say yeah. that they also don't like Led Zeppelin's vocalist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can have a look at my paintings. I paint as well, so you can do that on Instagram. Should we talk yeah. about that? If you want, yeah, I do some paintings. We're doing that um, to keep. We keep it short. I've <laughs> got about nine or ten paintings. I've got loads more I haven't put up though. I'm still you know, kind of growing up. Uh, a uh, an ex- want to put an exhibition together in a few months' time with a friend of mine, and um, yeah, I've been. Uh, it's the good side thing. It's a good side thing to get away from the music and get with them and you know, have something else to juggle. You know, it's uh, it's a good outlet. Um, and if you want any any commissions, uh, just check out my staff and I'll do something, you know, yeah, whatever you want me to do. And where can people see that? That'll be on the Instagram, Andy Miller or uh, Andy P. Miller Art. Andy okay. Slash P. Slash Miller Slash Etc. We'll tag it <laughs> and then go and have yeah, a yeah, nose. Yeah, and, uh, and, and yeah, fantastic. Yeah, cool. Thanks loads, mate. Brilliant. Really appreciate it. Much. Cheers. Cheers, okay. mate. There you have it. Andy was a lovely gentleman, wasn't he? Um, thanks ever so much for, for listening. Um, as I said at the beginning, there's plenty more podcasts available on this series. So go and have a little look through the back the back catalogue. And the, the easiest way to do that and not miss a beat is to click subscribe on Acast or iTunes or whatever listening device you choose to listen to your podcasts on and and then that way it just pop up on your your phone and that automatically you ain't even got to sweat it you haven't even got to think about it just me straight in your ear holes what more could you want in our life all right look thanks for listening and i'll see you next time bye bye it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with him 